Hello, friend. This is Taylor with an exciting and important announcement before this episode begins. For the past few years, I've gotten lots of requests from men in my courses for an in-person workshop or retreat. And I'm happy to say that this year it's finally happening in the beautiful mountains just outside of Asheville on July 11th through the 14th. And it includes a nine-week online men's group and training that starts three weeks before the retreat to help us integrate the work we're going to be doing together into our regular everyday lives. The program is called Liberate Your Life Force, and it's for any man who wants to feel truly vital and alive and liberated in his life on a daily basis in things like sex, relationships, in your family, in your business, and with your mission and purpose in life. Yes, <laughs> let's take a breath to that. <sighs> mm. I am co-facilitating this program with my good friend Thomas Duchin, and we've created this program based on our years of working with hundreds of men and figuring out some of the most effective and powerful ways to help us break through the most common ways men get blocked in life, with things like sexual shame, emotional closure and numbness, being the lone wolf, being the nice guy, difficulty receiving, and so many more ways that we hold ourselves back. The good news is we can actually work through these things and come out way stronger on the other side, especially when supported by a group of men and in-person processes that challenge you to become your best self. If this is something that sounds good to you, you can go to my website and click the retreat menu option to learn more. And know that enrollment is first come, first serve by application only, and it's limited to just 18 men, so we can have a truly powerful and tight-knit group. It's going to be profound, it's going to be fun, it's going to be challenging, and I'm so excited to share it with you and the group of men who have already signed up. So if you're interested, again, check out my website. And with all that being said, let's get into today's episode. Part of that conversation helped me realize like, oh, they actually wanted this too. And it was sexy for them. And it wasn't just me doing my toxic male desires. Like they had desires for these things too. They were completely independently excited about this experience and specific things to experience throughout the whole scenario as well. Hello, friend, and welcome to the Eros Rising podcast, a podcast for men all about sex, where we'll combine real, authentic, down-to-earth conversations about sex with some pretty wild personal stories and practical how-to episodes as well to help you have the most amazing sex life you can possibly have. My name is Taylor, and I'll be your host on this journey. And in each episode, it's my goal to give you practical, actionable things that you can start doing today to improve your sex life and to improve your entire life. So let's begin today's episode by taking a deep breath in together through the nose. And exhale with an audible sigh. Thank you, friend, for being here. And let's begin today's episode. Threesomes, 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 threesomes threesomes. One of the most common fantasies out there in the world. I know it's been one of my biggest fantasies throughout my life. And today in this personal story episode, I'm going to share with you the story of the first time I had an amazing threesome. And I'm joined by my friend John in my house in Asheville today. And we had such a good time in the last few personal story episodes. I thought, let's keep doing this and maybe make it a thing. So thanks for being here again. Hey, thanks for having me again. And uh, I'm excited to hear about uh, a good threesome, but it makes me wonder, are there bad threesomes? 
<laughs> are there bad threesomes? Yeah, there are absolutely bad threesomes. Like prior to this, I had a number of what I would call bad threesomes. And I actually like caused, catalyzed a lot of pain and challenge in previous relationships in my search for this fantasy that was undoubtedly in part driven by porn for sure. Cause it's so sexy to see this thing of specifically in this context, I'm talking about two women and me, two women and a guy porn driven. And also just like, it's sexy to think about, you know, and, and in these prior relationships, I didn't have the language, the communication skills and the intentionality and awareness that would be able to like, help me communicate my desires in a good way and help me navigate the situation and create the most likely opportunity of success, meaning something that's like pleasurable and connective for everybody that doesn't end in trauma or like hurt feelings or something like that. It's funny, you know, when I think about a threesome, I, I don't think of anything besides that fantastical element, that porn element of, oh, you mean there's emotional ramifications to this as well? And so... I hear that uh, they weren't so uh, they weren't so much fun for you when you went through them, and uh, you learned a lot, I guess, from them. I did, mm. yeah. And we're gonna do a quick little behind the scenes thing here. If you scoot your microphone one inch this way, I notice you're speaking directly into the front of it, and we're gonna just do that. Yeah, can we do it? Hold on, one inch, a little more. Yeah, yeah, and then don't like. Blah, blah, don't blah. go right in there. Right? Yeah, don't go right into it. All right, cool. All right. Uh -huh. Maybe we'll even leave that into the podcast so people can see that we're real humans. Well, why not? You know, <laughs> <laughs> not automations. We're not computers. We're actually here having this conversation. So yeah, I've got some. Uh, I've got a whole thing in notes here. Some really important points to go over. And my intention in creating this episode is yeah to share some like really useful practical tips with you. So if you want to have a threesome, if any of you listening want to have a threesome in your life, like you're going to hear some things in this episode that will be really helpful. And you're going to hear a wild personal story in the process. I think most men have this fantasy of having two women or at least uh, two other people. And most men probably don't do it. And they're just going to chalk it up as I would kind of chalk it up to say, eh, that's just not going to happen for me. Yeah. Um, and are you saying there, that we can increase our chances of getting this to happen? <laughs> I'm going to say you can increase your chances. It is definitely one of the most popular fantasies out there among all genders, uh, honestly. And it's not going to happen for everybody. It's not going to happen for everybody. But yes, with some intentionality and some of the tools I'm going to share today, it will be more likely for you to have this experience. I'll take those odds. Let's hear them. <laughs> <laughs> so shall we get into it? Let's do it. So the context for this story. Yes, threesomes have been a huge fantasy throughout my life. And in this particular one that happened, it was about seven or eight months after a really traumatic breakup that turned into one of the most beautiful catalyzing experiences of my entire life. And in the moment that breakup was fucking rough and horrible and I hated everything about it. And now I'm so grateful for it because it really helped me realize that I wasn't prioritizing myself in my life and I wasn't prioritizing my own desires and my own work and my own everything. And following that breakup, I went through a period of a lot of self-work. I went to therapy a lot. I did a number of retreats with ISTA, the International School of Temple Arts. And I even went through an extended period of complete... Uh, celibacy. For 30 days, I didn't ejaculate. I didn't masturbate. I didn't even flirt with women 
at all. I meditated every day. I did Qigong. I reflected in my journal every day and I did practices to just be more connected with myself, to attune more to myself. And I realized like I had never done that in my life up until that point. I had never actually taken time just for myself. And I was always sort of like leaning out a little bit versus <sighs> leaning back and just being into myself. And so after this extended period of celibacy, I decided, okay, great. I'm not ready to dive into long-term relationship again, but I am interested in starting to date. I am interested in starting to experience sex again. And so I started dating a little bit here and there, and I formed these two beautiful connections independent of each other with two different women in Asheville. And was fully transparent about where I was and my relationship availability. And they were both totally on board. They were in similar places of exploration. If you're listening now, you can probably already think, oh, these are some of the building blocks <laughs> that helped make this experience happen. Not as simple as you might be thinking right now. It's not as simple. And not as simple because in that last relationship that I came from and in the time before that, that's when the whole Me Too thing happened. And that's when there was all this like talk and really useful, helpful talk, but talk around toxic masculinity and a lot of people like being really upset with a lot of men and understandably so, because as men, we're like, we've done a lot of really shitty things throughout history for sure. But also what that catalyzed in me was this like deep inquiry of like, am I toxic? Are my desires toxic? Is the desire to have a threesome toxic? Like, is this fundamentally wrong? And is this like abusing and using women, my desire to have this thing? Like there was a lot of self-inquiry there and judgment there. And so all that was wrapped up in my desires too while I was dating these two people. And it didn't even occur to me to try to have a threesome with them, you know, because I was like, I can't do that. That's like toxic male desire, you know? So I just want to like own that that was in my system. Okay, it sounds like there was uh, some reflective, some reflecting going on, maybe a little shame coming up about being associated with men who have hurt women before. Yeah, men who've hurt women before. And in prior relationships, I wanted to have a threesome so bad that I would push for it, push for it, push for it. And my partners didn't want to, and I would keep pushing for it. So it created some disconnection there. I think there's some residual discomfort well, definitely residual discomfort and shame from that too. Like, oh, and because they told me my desires were bad. And I think it's really because they were having a reaction to my pushing it way too far. Mm, yeah, okay, that makes sense to me. Okay. Yeah, so there was a certain night, I remember this still. It's like, you know, when you, one of your first memories of most things that are important to you <laughs> in life, it was a Saturday night and I was in my downtown office space in Asheville and there was a play party that was going to happen that night. For all our listeners, you want to explain what a play party is? Yeah. A play party is, could be many things, but generally speaking, a play party is a gathering where people come together with the possibility of being sensual or sexual with each other and within a certain framework of agreements and boundaries for the party. And I've been to a lot of those and I've thrown some myself and they're great. And if you want to hear an episode about how to throw a play party, drop me a line, let me know. We can do that. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there was this play party that night and I had been to a bunch of play parties at that point. And I noticed like I wasn't actually that excited about going and I was sitting there 
And one of the two women that I was dating, they sent me a text. It was like, Hey, how are you doing? What's up? Um, and in my head, there was this like glimmer of possibility and a light bulb went off and I realized like, holy shit, I think I'm actually in the perfect position to potentially initiate this fantasy that I've wanted. And oh my God, that is nerve wracking and kind of terrifying to think about actually doing this. And then I thought like, but if I don't step forward and actually try to make this happen, it's never going to fucking happen, you know? And so a lot of that anxiety like came back up in me again. And I took a few deep breaths and I decided I'm going to try for it. Not going to go to the play party. I'm going to try for it and see what happens. So let me get this straight. You're choosing not to go to this sexy play party in order to have a more private sexual experience? Absolutely. Good choices to, uh, <laughs> to choose from, right? Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe not. It depends on each person, you know, but a lot, at a lot of play parties that I've been to, there's just so much going on. Like these people making out over here, these people flogging over here, these people screaming, and then these people crying in the corner because they got hurt or they're having an emotional release, whatever. It's just chaotic and there's people everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that I really like the smaller interactions. Mm -hmm. you know? Okay. And so I decided to, instead of texting them, I decided I'm going to just do the human connection thing and call each of them individually. And I called them and I said, hey, you know that I've been seeing this other person and I had this desire, I had this idea, like what if the three of us hung out tonight? I think it'd be really fun if you're interested and you're open to it to explore intimacy with the three of us. Like, is that something you're interested in? And the first person said, hmm, yeah, I think that could be fun. Obviously I want to meet the person first because <laughs> they had never met. And they said, yeah, of course. Cool. Well, let me call her the other person and see if she's into it too. Called her and she said she was into it. And then I was like, holy shit, is it made? Is it going to happen? No, because they need to meet each other. And there's a whole other personal chemistry thing that needs to happen here too. And this is one of the things I didn't realize in years past when I was trying to have threesomes, which is it's so easy to get caught up in the fantasy of it and to not realize that there needs to be chemistry, not only between you and each other person individually, but between those two people individually. And then between the three of you as a unit as well. Ah, uh, right. I bet those two other elements are missing out the idea that there's chemistry between three people and what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, and then that there needs to be chemistry between the two women who aren't necessarily um, lesbians are bisexual I've noticed I'm having, I'm getting confused going, how do we, are, are we categorizing these people? How would, what would you say about this idea of like, what's their, what's their preferences? What's their sexual preferences? Yeah. So like outside of even the realms of categorization, um, like who's open to connecting with whom? Like I've been in threesomes with other guys before and I would consider myself heterosexual and I'm not having penetrative sex with them, but there's enough of a chemistry there where we can be allies in the experience. You know, and so it doesn't necessarily mean sexual chemistry, just like personal personality chemistry. Okay, that's clear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So one of these two women, thank you, <laughs> had the brilliant idea because I didn't I didn't know what to do. She said, Well, what if the two of us, the two of us women, we actually meet each other first and we go out for a drink and then without you. And then we see if we have our own chemistry with each other. And if we do, we can call you. And if not, we'll just say, Yeah, it didn't work out. Hope you have a sweet night. And then none of us will hang out. And I thought, well, that's brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> I texted each other their numbers and then I just like gave it up. I was like, all right, whatever. If it's meant to be now, it's out of my hands, it'll happen. And I went home and I cleaned my house 
just in case. And then I did a workout and then more time went on and more time went on and I started to get late and I thought, wow, maybe, maybe this isn't going to happen. I noticed a little seed of disappointment, but then also some acceptance like, well, good job, man. You tried. Like you actually stepped through and tried. And then I got a call from them and they were both like excited and happy on the phone. And they were like, yeah, we really jive. We're having a great time. Let's, we want to come over. And so I thought, oh, fuck yes. That's awesome. So in this case, it sounds like is chemistry attraction between them or is chemistry they just enjoy each other as friends and it's good enough? Yeah, still unclear to me. Still unclear to me at this point. And this is why this is such a nuanced thing. You know, there's so many nuances to this experience. And I still didn't know. You know, I, they didn't say, yes, we want to have a threesome. They were just like, yes, we want to come over. You know, so they came over. And there did happen to be a hot tub at my house, which is a very hopeful thing to have in this realm. <laughs> Should we say that uh, uh, on the list of trying to get a threesome to ha happen, maybe have a hot tub will probably up your chances? I think having a hot tub will just up all the chances for all the good things in your life. Okay. You know, not yeah. your electricity bill, but whatever, it's a trade-off. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they come over and um, we get in the hot tub. And by the way, we're not drinking a lot or even a moderate amount. We're sober for this experience. And that's important to say, like, because I've had experiences in the past that have been alcohol-induced or affected, and they have been without the same level of presence and intentionality that I was really hoping for. So I, to interject here and say, this might be really challenging to some, to some listeners to say, oh man, come on, we're going to be uptight and nervous. We're going to need a drink to loosen up. What would you say to them? I'd say like, yeah, fine, have a drink, you know, but don't get drunk. Don't get tipsy. Don't get to the point where you're so far into the experience of alcohol in your system that you're doing something that you might not otherwise do, you know, in a problematic sort of way. Like, and we're going to get into how to have an actual conversation about this to make sure it goes well. But, but those are the kind of situations where things don't go well. And sure, you might be able to more easily flow into the experience and it might feel more quote unquote natural, but then like feelings might get hurt and you might cross a boundary without knowing it. Then somebody might shut down or they might not shut down. They might just like put you in a box of the person who crosses the boundaries. And then that like carries with you or them. It's just like all these potential landmines, you know? Yeah. So take the edge off, but don't become an asshole. Yeah. And then use the conversation framework I'm about to share with you. <laughs> So we're in this hot tub and we're not kissing, we're not being sexual, but we're just like, the intention of this is to feel out the chemistry of the three of us together. Because I know I have chemistry with each one of them individually, and now they know they have chemistry individually with each other, but what's our group like? You know, a whole other thing. And we have some, we laugh a lot and we have good talks and we talk about not just service level things, but like life and fears and vulnerability and all this stuff. And it was really great and connected. And then we started touching each other more, like rubbing each other's feet and being more flirtatious. And it seemed like, okay, we're kind of going this direction. And I had come from two experiences earlier in the year at ISTA, the International School of Temple Arts, where they shared a conversation framework to have with people before you're sexually intimate with them to make it more easeful and safe and relaxed for everybody. And so I thought like, I really want to have this conversation with them to help us have the best experience possible. And so I said, Hey, let's go upstairs 
And there's a conversation I want to have about all this stuff before we actually get into things. Does that sound good to you? And they were both like, yeah. So we went upstairs, you know, another nuance thing happened, like checked it off the list or whatever you want to call it. I'm curious to hear what this conversation is. Yeah. So then we got upstairs and we sit down in my room and I lit a candle and put it in between the three of us for a little sacred ceremonial vibes, you know, nice move and, (laughs) or connected vibes, whatever you want to say. And then this conversation, there's a framework. So within ISTA, I believe it's called the RBDSM conversation. And now that some people say RBDSMT and they stand for different things. And I have an article on my website that I go through a lot of this uh, in, and I call it the better sex conversation. I'll link to that in the podcast show notes as well. But basically there's some really useful things to talk about before you're sexually intimate with somebody. And the three of us, we have this conversation just to make sure there are no other potential landmines underneath the surface that we're not talking about because these things are very real. So just a quick run through of some of these things. And all three of us answered, we went in a circle and we all answered. Number one is relationship. Like what's your relationship status? Are you single? Are you partnered with somebody? Are you open? Are you closed, et cetera? And then how do you see yourself? Like what are your, what's your identity? And then what's your sexual identity? What are your sexual preferences? You know, have that conversation up front. And next one is B for boundaries. What are your boundaries for tonight? And the idea is we're going into an experience together. So I framed it like, hey, I'm noticing I'm ready and desiring to be sexually intimate with you all, but I want to have this conversation first to make sure we're all on the same page. And that's the frame for this conversation. So number two, yeah. How would you define boundaries for our listeners? Yeah, so boundaries. So the boundaries for this particular scenario, and I I led, I was like, honestly, I don't really have many boundaries for this scenario. Like, please don't punch me in the face. (laughs) I don't like sharp fingernails down my back. I don't like surprise fingers in my ass, you know, like these sorts of things, but I'm pretty open to most things in this, in this, uh, yeah, in this container. So then we went around and they each shared their own boundaries for it. One of them was, I don't want to be choked. I had an experience like that in the past that I didn't like. It didn't work well for me. So please don't choke me, you know? I, uh, I read in a Brene Brown book, she defined boundaries as what's okay, what's not okay, and why. Yeah, that's, that's, it couldn't be any simpler than that. Nice definition, huh? Yeah, and it's really important to actually say a boundary. And if you can't come up with one in the moment because you feel so open, like try to come up with one just for the exercise of stating a boundary, even though if it's like you don't want to be slapped in the face or you don't want to be peed on or whatever, you know, like come up with a boundary. And so we did the boundaries thing, figured out what all of our edges were for the evening. And then that's like, oh, there's so much more openness there because now we know what we're able to explore and we don't have to worry like, are they comfortable with this? Are they okay if I touch them here? Or they're not okay if I touch them there. So I'm not going to do that, but I can do all these other things. Great. After the boundaries comes the D for desires. Like, what are you desiring tonight? What are you desiring from this sexual experience with the three of us? You know, are you wanting uh, penetrative sex? Are you wanting oral sex? Are you wanting to explore being spanked? Are you like, what is it? Energetic sex, etc. And yeah, that's a fun one. That's a fun one. And maybe a scary one. And a scary to one. fully voice, like, let's say you're saying, hey, I want to fuck you in the ass while the other one licks your, your pussy. 
right? Yeah. Um, and uh, even just saying that in this context right now, I notice I have some fear in my body. Yeah. Just bringing it up, and I'm wondering uh, how uh, how do you get past that fear of saying what you want? Yeah, it's interesting. Like even hearing you say that right now, I was thinking like, wow, I would never say that on the first experience <laughs> with two people. I just wouldn't do it. It's outside of my realm of tolerance. Or, um, but but if that's your true authentic desire, like say it with the full understanding and and that they might be a no to it. And that's beautiful because you don't really want to do something that somebody is a no to, right? I don't see it here on this list. Um, but another really thing that's important to talk about are fears. Like what are your fears of this scenario? Um, are you afraid of like, this is going to mean we're in some sort of relationship afterwards? Are you afraid of not being listened to, et cetera, et cetera? Um, another thing that's important to talk about is the S, sexual health. What's your status? When were you last tested? Are you clear? Do you have any things that you need to tell us? Um, and then meaning. Like, what does it mean if we connect intimately? Like, does it mean that we're in a relationship now? Are we all three in a relationship now? Are we going to have to call each other every day? Are you going to sleep over? Like, this kind of thing. You know, really useful to talk about. And the, the T, the last one that's recently added onto this is trauma. So, is there, and we didn't actually have this as part of our conversation, but I think it's useful to talk about. Is there anything you know of from your past that might come up in sex that would be useful for us to know about so that if you do go into some sort of freeze response or something that we can have some awareness around that's what's happening, you know, and how to navigate that a little bit. Right. I remember being with a woman and uh, when I touched her breasts, it was really, really scary for her because she had been in a bad sexual experience that involved someone being too rough with her breasts. Yeah. And it was helpful to know that because when I started touching that edge a little bit, I was able to have some context for it. Totally, yeah. And so this conversation, if you're listening right now and you're like, man, that's way too much to fucking talk about. Like, I understand the resistance to doing that. And again, I want to say that the most amazing threesome experiences I have had have all happened after this conversation. I've had other conversations or I've had other threesomes that have sort of flowed into the experience that have felt really beautiful in the moment. But then afterwards we realized like somebody actually didn't feel that great about it or something else didn't happen that could have made it better. And it is more effort upfront to have this conversation. And the possibility is there that if you have this conversation, something could come up that might make you not want to have the threesome. And instead of being in the mindset of like, oh, that's a cock block, like be in the mindset of, oh, thank you. Because now I'm not going to have this experience with you that's going to turn into something that hurts us or you or I later on. It's a way to be totally clean and clear so that when you go into the experience, you have this freedom to just be and actually just explore sex and actually explore the power and the beauty of lovemaking without being in your head. This whole conversation gets you out of your head so go to my website and check out the Better Sex Conversation and be prepared to have some version of that with people before you have a threesome with them. It's really, really useful. And even before you have a new sexual experience with a new person, it's great for going on a date with somebody and it's great food for conversation. How long does the conversation take? It could take anywhere from a couple minutes to 20 minutes. And it depends on how deep you want to go. You know, it doesn't need to take 20 minutes, but it could, 
You know, I've had this conversation with somebody where we do it just like a quick run through. We're like, okay, we are all, we're familiar with this. Like, let's just jump through all these things real quick. Okay, we're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah, great. Now commence kissing. Now, let me ask you in your own experiences of, of having this conversation, has it come, has it ever come where you've done the whole conversation and then you weren't sexual after? Yes. Okay. A couple of times. And I'm really, really thankful because I wouldn't have thought about these particular potential landmines without this framework of a conversation. And because of the conversation, I was able to become aware of a couple of things that were big red flags just hiding under the sexiness of this person, you know? And whew, thank you. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So we have this conversation and we're all like feeling great and connected because we understand the fears, desires, and boundaries of everybody there. And we're like, cool. Good to go. Now what? <laughs> now, how do we start the thing? How do we start the threesome? And so there was this idea to play rotational dom. And it was such a fucking cool way to start off this experience. Can you tell me what rotational dom is? I think I have an idea, but, but give it to me a yeah. little bit. So like dom, sub, the dynamics, you know, BDSM, mm -hmm. dominant submission. Um, rotational dom is, in this context, one of us, domed the other two which is basically for an, a period of time the scene was one person told the other two of us what to do with each other or to the person who was doming and it was really sexy and really beautiful and the woman who went first had uh, a decent amount of experience of being in some sort of dom like role and so she would like she put her foot on us and like whipped both of us a little bit while we were laying down and told us to kiss and to not kiss and then to bite her legs and not do this. And it was this really cool way to just relax into the experience. For me, I started off in a submissive role with the other woman and we just were able to play and explore following the direction of this person. And then we rotated and then I was the dom for a little bit and I got to direct within the frameworks of boundaries and agreements that we set up in that original conversation and the structure of this really allowed us, it gave us this framework to move into sexual intimacy in a really fun, beautiful way that's different from just like, oh, maybe we all kiss now? I don't know. Like, do you lick here? Do you da, 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 da. Then the third person went. And by the time the three of us finished our rounds, we were like on, you know, and, and good to go and warmed up and all this stuff and fully enjoying the experience. So then we moved to my bed and then we just had the threesome. <laughs> And we did like all the things I have fantasized about my entire life. And it really was better than any of my fantasies that I could have imagined, honestly. Like the pleasure and the connection and the sexiness and the hotness and everybody being into each other and everybody licking each other and like having sex with each other. Like, holy shit. It's amazing. It was amazing. And I like, <laughs> I didn't realize how amazing it actually could be. You know, I didn't realize how amazing it actually could be to be having sex with somebody doggy style position while you're also going down on another woman while you're the person you're having sex with is also going down on them at the same time. Like, Jesus, it's fucking sexy. Like, <laughs> wow, that sounds like a fun experience. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it was super fun experience. And it wasn't like. And part of that conversation helped me realize like, oh, they actually wanted this too. And it was sexy for them. And it wasn't just me doing my toxic male desires. Like they had desires for these things too. They were completely 
independently excited about this experience and specific things to experience throughout the whole scenario as well too. So it was just fucking hot, you know? And I did have penetrative sex with both of them and I did switch condoms for that just for the sake of sexual health and safety, just for everybody listening. That's a really important thing to do. Also important to not like put fingers from somebody inside another person without cleaning them, et cetera. Um, that's another different discussion for a longer time, but important to be aware of in this sort of context, you know? And it just went on and on and on and we made love and we made love and we made love. And I, we all had these all kinds of orgasms and I did not have an ejaculatory orgasm intentionally, intentionally. And part of that was because I wanted to experience the end without a, without that release. And also because one of the people had a previous experience where they had with a man, like it was so focused on ejaculation constantly that it just sort of like killed desire and interest for this person. And I was like, great. I like to have sex a lot without ejaculating. So we'll just, we'll just do that. And it was beautiful to end that way. And we laid in each other's arms together, cuddling for, God, I don't know, like an hour afterwards, just breathing, breathing in the space, like breathing in the connection and all the pleasure and all the smells and all the wetness that was on the bed from that whole experience. And then also internally, breathing with that sort of sizzle of energy that was coursing through my whole body because I didn't let it out through ejaculation. You know, there was this sparkle and it was integrated into my system and I didn't feel this buildup of tension in my genitals that I had to release because I was breathing deeply and making sound and moving throughout this whole experience. So yeah, semen retention was a part of that for me. Non-ejaculatory orgasms were a part of that for me and it was really fucking beautiful. And to close... I asked, well, let's take a breath real quick. <sighs> I noticed that talking about it, I'm still getting like excited. Like, oh, it was so fucking cool. <laughs> I'm excited listening yeah. about it. This is great. I'm like, wow, this, yeah. is, this is awesome. And to close, I said, okay, either we're all three going to sleep together here in this bed tonight, or you're both going to go home uh, because I don't want one of you to stay and the other person to go home and then we're left with some sort of feeling of imbalance or somebody wanting more connection or less connection or anything like that. And it was decided that they both would go home. And that was a really amazing, beautiful way to end the experience too. We all got to go back into our own spaces and we agreed we would check in over the next couple of days, like how are you doing? How was that for you? And it was perfect. It was perfect. Everybody was into it the whole time. There were no like f negative fallouts from the experience. It was uplifting and inspiring. And they said like, this was the best threesome experience they'd had ever had either, you know? And it was like, boom, it's possible. <laughs> so I got a question for you about this list. Uh, one of the last uh, topics is meaning. Mm -hmm. What was the meaning that these women ascribed to it? Yeah. So the meaning for that experience for us was that we were humans in bodies that wanted to explore pleasure and the celebration of being in bodies that could experience pleasure together. We were not going into the desire for having a triad relationship. 
we were just going into the desire to explore and specifically without attachment to doing it again in the future. They didn't want to have pressure to have to do this again or to have it mean that now we're going to be doing this thing, you know, and that I would continue to interact with each of them on our own individual relationships after that. And we never did have another threesome experience and that was fine, but it did bring us closer and made us more friends, you know, and it was, yeah, awesome. Uh, it sounds like a very uh, um, envious experience. I noticed. I'm like, whoa! How do how do I get started? Let me ask you how, do, like, how do I get the ball rolling on on something like that? And what would you tell our listeners? Like, what's step one? What step? You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's going to look so different for so many different people. Like, are you in a relationship right now? Are you single? Those those are two entirely different scenarios to start from. If you're in a relationship and you want to have a threesome. The only way you're going to have a threesome is if the person who you're in relationship with also wants to have a threesome. Like in my past relationships, I wanted to have threesomes with people who didn't want to have threesomes. And I thought, oh, surely you want to have this. You're just not like there yet. You know, I fell into that trap, which is a really shitty thing to put on another person. And I did, you know, and that's not a good way to go forward. And so I think being really clear about your desires and, and, Yeah, that could be a whole other episode, like how to have a good threesome. Because since then, in the relationship that I'm in currently, we are exploring this together in our relationship, um, threesome dynamics. And we go to play parties together sometimes and go on dates with different people together and explore this within the context of our long-term monogamish relationship. And that's a beautiful context to explore too. And we're both independently interested in this you know, not responding to the other person's desires. Oh, I have to do this because otherwise X, Y, and Z. Well, uh, I hope this gives a platform uh, for some good stories. And I hope we get uh, a lot of requests from our listeners to uh, hear further about how to go about creating those threesomes with a partner. Yeah. Threesomes with a partner, threesomes individually. Yeah. There's so much, so much there. There's so much there. I mean, that, gosh, I think one of the biggest things for me when I'm thinking back right now is just being really honest with my desires and taking the leap to actually try to make it happen. Actually having the conversation and actually expressing that desire. Hey, I would love to have this experience with you. I would love to share this experience with you. What do you think about it? How do you feel in hearing me say that? And then have some frameworks of ideas of how you're going to go about actually progressing towards the experience because the experience doesn't start when you're kissing like the experience of a threesome starts from the idea when you first have that idea of having a threesome you know and everything you do along the way is building and is part of that experience and if you're sort of like uh you know throughout the experience of trying to make it happen that's going to affect people and affect people's desires to do it or not it certainly did in the past for me you know, <sighs> yeah. Any last thoughts, questions? Um, you know, I imagine that it's really scary to bring these things up for your partner. And then it's, uh, it's easy to fall into the trap of, oh, this is just never going to happen for me because of X, Y, or Z. Yeah. You know? And so for the single guys listening, I'm curious, what would you say for those who are like, yeah, I just, I'm just not going to be able to do that. I think that's a, I mean, that's, that's just a limiting mindset in all areas of your life. 
in all areas of your life. Like even to like, for me making this podcast, I had this idea like, oh, there are already sex podcasts that are out there. I'm not going to be able to make something as, you know, and I, I noticed that thought and I nipped it in the butt real quick. I'm like, that's not a useful thought. (laughs) There are some thoughts that are useful. That one's not useful. You know, of course, like you could, that thought could drive you down into a hole and you're never going to come out of it. But if you have that thought, try experimenting with creating a new thought thinking like, oh, I can have this experience. Oh, there are people out there who want to have experiences like this. Who would want to have this experience with me? It's not going to be everybody and it's not going to be most people. It's going to be a very small amount of people, but those people exist, you know, and you just have to find them. And the trick to finding them is just being authentic with your desires and being open about them and actually going towards the things that you want. It's a good way to end, huh? Let's take another breath in. Yeah. Thank you all for listening to this story. I really hope it's useful for you, inspiring for you, normalizing for you, uh, whatever. If it has been, shoot me a message on Instagram. Let me know. Um, yeah, I I love having these conversations with you, John. Thank you for your questions. And yeah, absolutely. And yeah, let's call it. I will see you all in the next episode. Thank you, friend, for listening to this episode. I have one request before you go. If you got something useful, if you got something valuable from this episode, please take a moment right now to go to Apple or Spotify and leave a review of this podcast. That'll be really, really helpful. And it'll do two things. Number one, it'll let me know that you actually like this podcast. Number two, it'll help more people find this podcast. And I think that's really important because I believe we all need to be talking about sex more. So the more I share, the more you share, the more we all talk about this, the better everyone's lives will become all around the world. So thank you. Thank you for sharing this wherever you share it. Thank you for your review. And if there was anything about this episode that really hit you, that really struck you or impacted you, please shoot me a message too on Instagram or with an email and let me know. I'd love to hear how this has impacted your life. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Cheers to your success. Cheers to your pleasure. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.